This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. On BC government's union construction deal is facing a court challenge that could last several days. The legal battle began in BC Supreme Court this morning as a coalition of the province's largest construction associations and unions challenges the BC NDP government's deal with select unions for building publicly funded infrastructure. The claim, uh, the the nub of the lawsuit, is that it violates workers' constitutional rights. Here to talk a little bit more about the deal and the lawsuit is the president of the Progressive Contractors Association of Canada. Paul DeYoung is on the line. Mr. DeYoung, Paul, welcome. Good morning. How are you? I am well, thank you. Uh, Paul, tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the how workers' constitutional rights are somehow or another violated by a sweetheart deal between a provincial government and its union supporters. So just by way of context, Sterling, the, the, the BC Community Benefit Agreement is really a matter of adding insult to injury. The The injury or the insult is that contractors are not able to compete properly, uh, that they are not able to innovate in terms of how they manage their workforce and uh, interact with the workforce. And as a result, BC uh, taxpayers are paying more for infrastructure projects. But the the insult is that not only are there those negative attributes, but also the workers themselves are at a tremendous disadvantage. Across BC, there are about 250,000 construction workers. About 85% of those workers are either non-union or belong to alternative or progressive unions like CLAC. All those workers, if they choose to work under a community benefit agreement project, have to set aside their prior choices to either be a non-union worker or a, a member of the CLAC union and become a member of the building trades union. And that's a, that's a violation of the charter. It is. Uh, in what way? Uh, given that ultimately the adult worker in this choice exercises his or her freedom of choice and moves one direction or the other. Right. Well, so there's a number of problems that arise. First of all, the Charter uh, sets, a, sets forth the right of Canadians to either join organizations or not join organizations uh-huh. based on their free choice. They can't be forced to join. This, this is not just for unions, it's for any voluntary uh, group that may exist. And so that's a fundamental right of Canadians to be free of coercion. So this agreement uh, forces workers within 30 days of being employed in a CBA to join one of the respective building trade unions. Uh, now, the choice, the, the argument could be made, well, the worker doesn't have to work in that project. Right. If you're, if you're a worker, just imagine a, a sort of a fictitious example where you've got a company that employs 50 people and has been employing roughly those same people for the last five or ten years. That's their place of work. They work for that employer, and they, they trust that employer and have arranged whether through a non-union arrangement or an alternative arrangement with CLAC, to uh, have their needs met, safe work conditions, uh, excellent remuneration, etc. So imagine the situation where that contractor, in order to put bread on the table for that work uh, community, bids on a, a project under a CBA, and now all the workers for that employer have to change their affiliation mm. to a building trade union. The contractor can no longer manage the workers in the manner to which they become accustomed. The workers themselves now have to join a union. They, they lose the benefits that they were accruing with their other union. And it's a very distorted, uh, a very dis- 
disjunctive way to manage labor relations in BC, and it's entirely unnecessary. All right, now let's, uh, you know, when, when you push comes to shove in a lot of these controversial issues, it is wise, and my experience has taught me over the years, to, uh, as one course of action or investigation, Paul, follow the money. So how much money is at stake? For example, one of the projects that is likely to be, uh, to have this unique arrangement enforced strictly is the replacement of the Patello Bridge. What sort of kind of funding are we talking about there, public dollars? Well, the project has been stipulated to cost $1.4 billion. And I can come back to that in a moment because that's a bit of an oddity. But they've, they've said the project will cost a certain dollar amount, which is perhaps reassuring to, to British Columbia taxpayers. However, the CBA, by the government's own admission, will cost an additional 7% uh, to run the programs or the or the initiatives that they've laid laid out, and so if you do the math on that, that's a hundred million dollars. And so, instead of a uh, hundred million dollars going towards perhaps two high schools or an opioid uh, you know pro, uh, program, this money is now being spent. Well, we're not really sure what it's being spent on. It's, it's supposed to be spent to to increase opportunities for women in construction and Aboriginal peoples and more youth. But contractors do that anyway. Contractors are eager to always grow their workforce to be inclusive and diversive in that approach. And that can easily be set forth in commercial terms of an agreement. It doesn't require this additional spend. So under the uh, court hearing that's going on right now, will your lawyers, Paul DeYoung, uh, will they present the case as essentially this is an opportunity for the government of the day to reward its staunchest supporters with public funds? Well, that, that question lies in the background, but the technical legal argument is simply that workers are being asked or being com- compelled to set aside their free choice by entering into the CBA. So this is a charter challenge. It has a very narrow definition. Aha, okay. Uh, the, the, the opponents to our case are trying to remove this case to the Labor Relations Board, which has a more general sort of a definition of what's, uh, what's allowed and not allowed. And so this is going to be a tricky, a tricky matter. The, the government is trying to protect its uh, favorable uh, relationship with the, the VC building trade unions. They've, they've picked winners and losers in this matter. Yep. I think that's a, a, a very unfair way for governments who are supposed to be neutral to go about their business. Uh, the BC building trades, which themselves have a, an undeniable and, and a proud history, only represent 15% of this construction marketplace. And so the idea that the BC government is picking the building trades to be the sort of the, uh, the, the winners of, of this uh, arrangement really doesn't have the ring of truth. And we're hoping that the, uh, the, the, the judge in this court case will... Uh, will agree with us. We shall follow it very closely, Paul DeYoung. Thanks very much for uh, presenting your side of the case here on the radio with us today. You're very welcome. Take care. You too. Progressive Contractors Association of Canada President Paul DeYoung on CKNW on the Simi Sarah Show.